Hello and welcome to this week's Devon the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson. We're talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join me on the show this week, as ever. We've got Paul Parkin. How's your week been, mate? Hiya, pal. Yeah, not too bad. It's been a been an odd little period. I couldn't come on last week on the pod. I had technical issues mm. with my phone, thanks to Apple, which was a bit of a problem. It left me stranded. I got the phone back Friday, went to Hull Saturday, and on the way to Hull realised that it wasn't working again. And oh. found out they hadn't replaced the SIM in the phone. They took my SIM out and not put it back in. Joking. So I couldn't make receive calls. I couldn't get on the internet. So all day at home, while I'm trying to brag to the world what's going on, couldn't get anything. So that was a bit bit of a pain. I've had a bit, bit of a cold in the last week. I think there's a bit of it going about again. So that I've been a little bit rough. But other than that, everything's wonderful in the world right now. Yeah. I think after the weekend, I don't think I can complain about too much, to be honest. I suppose you shut your phone to hold the, the locals are run a mile when you pull it out of your pocket, they've been like, Whoa! <laughs> so it's yeah, good idea to bring it back and get it fixed here, Parky. Yeah, I've had a I've had a been all right week really, starting my new diet slash lifestyle. The uh, the doctor having a go at me about my diabetes, so need to sort my life out really. Got the old chat from the doctor kinda reminded me of like sort of early two thousands Salford knock on in front of the old post, 14 points down against Dulciar at home, and that groan of like, oh, not again, kind of chat. So, yeah, I need to pull my finger out and sort my life out, basically. So, I've, yeah, been, been a there. week of, of new foods and new ways of, of trying to be, uh, trying to live my life, really. Well, maybe we could do a diabetes podcast between us, <laughs> because obviously, you know, I've been I've been plagued with it for the last twenty odd years. So yeah, yeah maybe it's a little off a little offshoot for us there. So, you know, diabetes in the detail, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's not fun. It's not fun. Any nope. any of our listeners will know if they've got it. It's it's quite life changing and not always in a great way. No, um, but I, I think I think the thing is with it, and we're not going to go into a diabetes rant, but uh, I think it's it's a case of just doing the right things. Just yeah. do don't be foolish everything in moderation and and life should be okay i wish i'd have told myself that 20 odd years ago mm. when i didn't listen to the doctors as it appears that you haven't been doing no. and you do get a slap on the wrist and it's not it's not very pleasant but fingers crossed now we can we can get old and and well together in yeah. some way we'll, we'll be doing this podcast for many years to come parker that's that that's the plan i think the problem is parker it's all carbs in it no yeah. chips bread pasta you know what I mean? It's it's just a main sort of meal ingredient. So you take that out, you're struggling, aren't you, for you know, for stuff to you know, to keep you full. But here's what it is, you've got to learn. Gotta live, yeah. gotta learn. And here we are. Start of the start of the new life. I think I think from when I got diagnosed to now, I think I've lost something like four or five stone. Yeah. Uh, so that says it all. He, he, yeah. He has a d- different effects on different people. And obviously now with my other ailments, my kidney and everything else, I've got to eat other different foods as well. My diet now is, yeah, all my favourite things have gone. Everything, yeah. you know, and especially alcohol, which was definitely top of my list. Yeah. You know, that's, that's gone as well. So, yeah, you know, it is what it is, isn't it, mate? We live and learn. Mm. I lost ten pounds in the first week, but Paul, you always do in your first yeah. time, don't you? But yeah. well, Paul Rowley thinks he's got problems. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's come and live with me. <laughs> so there's uh, loads to go at on the podcast this week. We're gonna look back at the whole victory. We got all the big news coming out of the club. We've got Whiteside World of Rugby League, and then we've got the preview of the Wakefield game on Sunday. So we'll start with the victory against Hull FC. 
You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So Salford, Red Devils were victorious away at Hull FC. They won 60 points to 14. Parker, they didn't come to play, they came to slay. Right, I'll, I'll tell you a little story here and it'll bore everybody listening. But during the week, I was having, as I said, I had a bit of a rough week. I wasn't feeling too good. My phone was playing up. I had, you know, there was various things going on. And I'd booked on the coach, which I will say, by the way, once again, Patrick and, and everyone who organised it, the brilliant the couple of coaches we took up there, everything goes to plan. There's no messing about. Brilliant service, by the way. And for 15 quid to hold them back, I mean, that's, it's unbelievable. So fair play to them. But midweek, I was thinking 30 quid basically for a ticket. I've got my travel money. I've got everything else. on. Do I really want to be going up to Hull thinking the worst? I know I've been there a thousand times, but I just thought something about it made me think no. And then fortunately, my brother basically talked me around and said, well, he was going. So let's, you know, let's go. And so we ended up taking my nephew. And am I delighted I went? Mm-hmm. I mean, what a performance. I had the pleasure on the way back of sitting behind Alan Bradshaw, who everybody knows, and, uh, and, and Davy Clegg, who obviously works at the club and does, does a lot of good work for the club, history-wise and so on. And we were chatting, and I was asking them, and, and they don't think they've seen anything like this. Even at times in the 70s, we weren't as good as we are right now in terms of what you watch on the pitch. We would may have won more, but actually, the entertainment, it's first class. It really is. People who aren't watching are missing out because this is special. I mean, to, to go to Hull, which is always a fairly tough place to go, and put 60 points on him after going behind as well. Yeah. I mean, when they scored first, I thought, here we go. Because it came off a, an error by us. I think, again, overplaying a little bit, maybe. And then there was, a, I think, I don't know if they, I can't remember if they got a penalty or a, a six again or, or something off the back of it. And then went over and scored, and I thought, well, there's the pattern. Knock on, penalty or a restart, whatever it is, try. That's the way it's going to go. Hull have been in fairly decent form. Tex Hoy had just been named Player of the Month for Super League. You're thinking, oh, here we go. And then, and then all of a sudden, there was a moment where Tim Laffey was just about to get shoved out of play near our own line, and he stayed in somehow. And that, that moment could have turned the game in a really weird way. If he gets dragged into touch, they get the ball back 10-15 from the line. They could go over and score. We didn't. We kept that ball in play. And then from there, the game seemed to turn. And and some of the performances from them players were absolutely unbelievable. I think, once again, I think the whole Super League will be sitting up and watching and thinking, actually, Sulphur are a good team. Mm. Uh, we, were, we didn't play well against all KR, but we probably played similar in many ways on Saturday to how we did then. We're keeping the ball alive. Throwing. The only thing is, it went to hand. We held it. And as we said last year, if it comes off, if rolling ball works, it is sensational. If it doesn't, you could get a pasty because you're not going to have the ball. You're going to keep dropping it. This week, everything seemed to go to hand and it, it was magnificent. From, from 1 to 17, every player on that park, you know, we were thinking on the way, oh, who's man of the match? It, it could have been anyone. It was magnificent. Yeah. It was it was fantastic. I don't think Hull helped themselves, to be fair. Kept turning over the ball like you wouldn't believe. And it kind of feeds into the, sort of the rowdy ball mentality of it. If you've got lots of ball, you'll create chances. And that's what happened to me, like you said. Hull went scored first after a turnover ball from us. And then the Mark Sneed break. 
mm. uh, which sent over Dion Croft was a wonderful moment from a top top player, and that's why he's there to make that big moment happen. And you know, from that we were we were in control. Hull kept turning over the ball and it just kept feeding. It became a bit of an avalanche, really. We just kept attacking and moving Hull about and Hull just, like I say, just weren't able to deal with it. Yeah, I think, I mean, Mark's name, you, you, you mentioned there, to single him out as, I mean, that's possibly the best performance I've seen him have in a Salfordshire. And he's had some good ones, you know, in his first spell and, and obviously last season. And, and what stood out to me with him this week was how much he took the line on and, and actually carried the ball. Usually he's the organiser, he's the one telling people where to be and he might get his hands on the ball every time, every tackle, just to offload and pass it on or get a move going or whatever. On Saturday, he was actually taking Hull on and they didn't like it, they couldn't handle him. I know he got a try when he stepped through. I mean, that was you know, that was that was incredible, Paul Shaw-esque at one point. <laughs> I, was, I was amazed. But yeah, he, he, was, he was brilliant. But like you say, that, that break that he made, Again, he just spotted a gap in the line. He'd seen they didn't expect him to run at him because that they obviously know his game. They, mm. I mean, holds his, you know, his second home, if you like, and he, he made that break. And then we, we scored, and we were like, "That's what we want to say." I remember the guy in front of me saying something very similar to Alexa Salford. We know, and from that point on, I think it, it was just one way traffic, wasn't it? Yeah, gameplay intelligence. That's what those park is. I remember the, like the first try, he was wait, he waited for Briley to catch him up and, and obviously organised mm. us to go over in the second corner. But later on, I was look, thinking about the Tim Laffey try, which was a wonderful try. Let's get it right, yeah. the build-up going through the middle. But it was the money ball for, that he gave to Lapai that made the try. Yeah. That yeah. was being able to sort of really freeze time and think, I'll give it to Laffey. Because he had numbers, there, there was options yeah. for him. But to give it to the right person at the right time that's the skill that these top players have they're just able to to spot what's the best way to score and that's what he did yeah and, and selfless as well in that way because he could have possibly thought i'll take him off mm. i'll score again it's it's whole what a day for him you know yeah, yeah. He's, he might have been thinking but he didn't he again like you say he's thinking of the team he's thinking what what do i do here and in that split second he's picked out the the, the pass mm. and like you said same had a, a stroll in off what was an unbelievable bit of rugby, one of the tries of the season already. So, but obviously we, you know, we we'll get we we'll get forward to that. But that was again, like I say, yeah, Sneedy was was just absolutely first class, and, and the thing that got him in the England squad at the end of last year. That's that's the form that he showed, and yeah. at the moment, if he plays like that, I can't see too many better than him in the Super League now. Yeah, next try, Shane Wright. What a try that was. Lovely assist from from Snead to, to send him over. And at, at 12-4 at that point, Parker, big moment in the game, Matt, because Hull kick, kicked off. We turned over the ball, had a dropout, and a big defence from us stopped mm. Hull from scoring. We got a set restart, which Paul Rowley criticised last week. I don't like set restarts, good or bad, I found out this week. But five of our drives came from set six restarts, which was which is really telling, I think, how it affects a game. But it was like a massive moment, really, because obviously big defence, Williams and Lafay putting the bodies on the line, turnover ball, then Brodercroft made the break for Briley to score. And, and the game just started drifting away from Hull a bit. 
they tried they tried their best they put on another big attack but Brody Croft come across uh, sort of through Swift in, in touch with, with with a collision we'll call it but like I say it's big moments like and then we went up the other end and, and Tyler do a pre-score and uh, the game it's like a 18 point swing there if Hull score their two tries and we don't we're looking down a barrel but that's that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes yeah going going back to the, the Shane Wright try I've got to give Shane Wright credit I mean he had a fantastic game again he's one of them and, and, and this was a thing from Saturday as well. Some of them unsung heroes, you know, the ones that do the really mucky work but don't get noted, they stood out. And Shane Wright, the thing that, that got him on that was his run, his, the timing of his run. Hmm. He didn't run straight or he didn't, he'd already spotted from, from what was going on inside him where the gap was going to be. That was, it was kind of a, a, a chess player, a snooker player thinking so many, you know, moves ahead. And he was, he'd already seen where that gap was going to be. And he got himself into that position to have a stroll in, basically. I mean, it, it, it was brilliant. And, I mean, he worked tirelessly all day. He's, he's an unbelievable player. We missed him so much last year. I don't think we really got to see the real Shane Wright. And, and what we're seeing now is, is spot on. But what you said there about the restarts, I agree with Paul Rowley. I think it's a stupid rule and I don't like it. It's just too open to interpretation by any referee at any day. If he's in a bad mood, whatever. But what we got on Saturday was what Warrington got against us. Yeah. That's the only thing. Yeah, for me, I didn't come on last week. I didn't speak about Warrington. It's probably a good job because I would have ranted my head off. I've calmed down since then. Sadly, <laughs> But a referee can influence a game massively. And he did that night. I'm not saying he cheated, but he cost us a game. That's what I will say. Because he turned that game in their favour. He gave them ball that we didn't have. You know, and if you haven't got the ball, you, you can't win. You can't just keep defending. And these were decisions made on what his interpretation of what, you know, a hand in the in the rut looked like or how long you were holding somebody down or... And most of them, when you watch it back, nothing like, you know, it, it, awful. This week, it's happened the other way and whole, whole fans could sit back easily and say, well, he shouldn't be giving that, that's not fair. You know, their players probably were on as long as ours or whatever. And I'd agree. I'd have no problem with it. I think it's a stupid rule that we need to try and get rid of, but another gimmick by, by Rugby League. But it worked in our favour. And like you said there as well about Hull and all, I mean, if Hull played as poorly as that again this year, they're going to be in serious trouble. Mm. They they could they couldn't hold the ball. Some of their one on one defence was absolutely awful. And I'm thinking as a Salford fan, we've seen that, we've seen them performances, and you know how it feels as a fan to think, are you are you actually trying? Are you costing us this game? What I mean, the one where Shane Wright scores later and just knocks that was it Tex High or one of them. He, he doesn't even try and stop him putting the ball down. He just sort of pushes him. And, and you're like, that's Shane Wright, not, you know, I don't know, not Joe Vangana. <laughs> and he's not the biggest man in the world. You know, he's like, please make an effort. And I'm not I'm not taking any away from us. We were brilliant. We were absolutely brilliant. But whole work, pretty dreadful. Mm. Well, like you said, our forwards were fantastic. Tyler yeah. Dupree, unbelievable. Yeah. Shane Wright, Adam Sidlow in that second half. I've talked yeah. about Adam Sidlow before. Yeah. His first time round, I always wanted someone to to steal his orange at half time to to get him running around like a incredible hook, beating everyone up. And I think that's what happened on on Saturday. Someone took his orange juice, came out second half looking for victims, and he found a few in Hull shirts. He, yeah, he was brilliant. There's some of them offloads he was coming up with. Mm. We're absolutely. That, I mean, that's what Adam Sidlow does. Yeah, that's what he's always done. But I think you could see in his play on Saturday that maturity. I know it's easy to say that when he's in his mid-thirties. Of course, he's mature or he should be, but it doesn't work like that always. But he just seemed to know 
when to offload. It wasn't just, I'm just offloading. He knew that the players were going to be there. And in this type of, in rolly ball, he's the ideal prop forward. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He's a big lad. He can hold two or three up and get a ball out. And by that, he's created space, which our back line will just live off that all the time. And like you say, Tyler Dupree again, what a player this kid is. Uh, you know, he was on the scrappy. Another one that, you know, he's playing championship and, you know, it could have gone either way. He could have walked away from the sport. He, he now looks like he is a future international. And I don't mean an England Knights. I mean a full international player. He's got He's got pace for a big man. He's got a good offload. His defence is brilliant. And that, again, the, them, them runs he makes, he takes two or three every single time. And he's not he's not scared of taking up two or three times in a set. Mm. You know, to set that platform, he's brilliant. And then, I mean, the rest of the pack around him were brilliant. And when we we lost Dolly Partington after the Warrington game, and I was thinking he's been our, our player of the season so far. I know we're three games in at the time or whatever, but he'd been brilliant. Like, that's going to be a massive loss. On Saturday, you want to know, it was seamless. Whoever came in was just as good. and I mean, that's a mark of a really good, really strong squad. Yeah, yeah. So we went, in, we went into half-time leading 30 points to four. Second half, park it, we come out like a, like a rocket. couple of quick <laughs> tries just after half-time. In that sort of nine-minute period there, Hull were just shot to bits for, for me. And it was good rugby, positive rugby. And, and I suppose when you go into games sort of like this Hull would have got a rocket from from their coach mm-hmm. wouldn't they and they'd, yeah. they'd want to come out and make an impression but for us just to extinguish their fire like the way we did like you say shows us we are a good somewhere well <laughs> another funny story half time thought I'll wait till the queue dies down I'll go and get a, I'll go and get a coffee so I went down waited next minute teams are out a big cheer goes up someone next to me says oh they all have scored by that noise, I went, ah, oh, it's all right, we're still well ahead. Hmm. And then about two minutes later, while I'm still waiting for my coffee, another <laughs> cheer goes up. I'm thinking, oh, don't let them back into it, Reds. God, you know, that's if they've scored twice, they're in the teens now, they, hmm. a couple more tries, it's game on. I went back out, my brother had the biggest grin on his face. He said, you've missed it. And, it, and that's when he, he obviously mentioned the, the tries. And, uh, and I, I watched them back, obviously, since. And... That's how you start half. Hmm. We always say, let's start big. Let's get the first try. It's usually the other team that puts us on the back foot and makes us all go, oh, here we go. Straight away, that's killed that game. If it wasn't already dead at half time, which it should be when you've got a 26-point lead, I don't care who you are. It can be. It has been overturned. We've seen it. But to, to do that to them, like you said, when they've come out probably all fired up, ready to knock us about a bit, that's, I mean, that is unbelievable. That's, that's not... That's not a Salford. That's not what we do. No. Uh, and somehow we did. Uh, and from that point on, again, it's knocked everything out of them. They've got nothing left. Straight away, five minutes after our time, it's game over. They've Any passion that they've got back together, any thoughts of getting back into that game have gone. And, and, and the tries we scored were brilliant as well. Everything seemed to just go right at that point. And then you just think, just sit back and enjoy this now. And I think we did. I think I think even the players just put themselves in a, in a lower gear and just thought, right, we'll just cruise through this. Hmm. Yeah, it was, it was wonderful. Eight point try as well for for Dion Cross. Obviously, after last week's controversy, it was good to get an eight point try. I thought it was a bit harsh. I don't think it, it was a massive headshot, but a headshot is a headshot. So, eight points. Thank you very much. 
yeah, again, what's going on with these eight points? Is this is this the new one this year? Is this the new sort of yeah, so. for the first five six weeks of the season, and then you won't see any for the rest of the year? Mm. That'll be it. We all gone. I mean, I'm glad we got one, but it doesn't make up for the ones we've not had and the ones that have gone against us. But yeah, I've watched that back. It, it is high, but in the day, scored. If you hadn't scored, penalty try, mm. you know, or, or whatever. But but he did. He scored, and the damage is done. Yeah, and I think uh, it doesn't it didn't make a big difference in the end, but it, it did need to be a, an eight point drive. But that's that's how the referees kind of seeing it. And like I say, next week <clears throat> you might not see any. So cherish them moments. Yeah. So then we have the the Mark Sneed try where he dances over, and then the try of the game, the Tim Lafay. And when we talk about the way sort of Mark Sneed finds Tim Lafay, but. It was all about the creation at the, at the beginning of the move that you know made the soul fans per. Yeah, I think it was the Ackers, Croft, and, and Dupree. Yeah, initially, I mean that that ball inside out. You know, it, it's just mesmerising to watch. And, and funnily enough, on Sunday or Monday, while I was a bit bedbound, mm. I watched um, I watched some of the highlights from last year. There's a I think on on YouTube somebody put together. I think it might have been from the club. And there's a game there where we do. The same move it might have been Saints last year at home when we when we taunt them and, and it's the same move. It's that ball inside, outside, inside, and then through the gap. And I watched it and I thought, I don't remember us doing that, but we did. <laughs> and doing it on, on I mean, it's okay, we can you can practice that as well in training, you can do what you want, but doing that in a match against live mm. opposition. That's special. That is real class. And Andy Ackers, again, I mean, he's another one who's just at the top of his game. Hulk couldn't handle him. Some of his little runs that he does. And, you know, he's, he's really quick as well off the mark. So he causes a lot of problems. When you've got Brody there, I think assisted in, assisted three tries on Saturday. I mean, again, just a special, special individual. And then, obviously, like we've already mentioned, Sneedy then chiming in and making that, that final pass. Just seeing... Like you say, he had options and just picked the right one. And Tim yeah. Lafay's, you know, could have walked over, couldn't he? Really, didn't you know? After that, but uh, no, and, and another man who had an outstanding game, Tim Lafay. Mm. Um, I think every time, I think I shouted about thirty times during the game. Just give it Tim, because he'll bounce them off and he'll make some. Yeah, if you're stuck in your own half, just give it him. Let him have a run because he causes chaos. He's, a, yeah. he's an absolute wrecking ball of a player. So. Again, like I say, I could have picked them all out again. But no, that was that was a great try. One of the tries of the season, it'll be that. Yeah. Max Knee kicked to the a thousandth goal in the game as well. Obviously, we we know what his radar like radar like kicking is. He's a special goal kicker, knows where out his tactical kicking as well is important mm. for me. But yeah, a great milestone for him. You know, well done from from the from everyone on the podcast, Mark. A, a great achievement there. Yeah, I mean he, his goal kicking has always been a strength. He seems to have—I don't know. I mean, when you, when he misses, you're disappointed. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. It could be from the touchline. You're going, "How's he missed that?" You're thinking most kickers miss that. He's just—you're so you're so used to him banging them all over. And you, you see it when you watch Sky back when you when we've been on Sky and you watch the re the rerun, and the commentators basically. They don't even really mention that. They mention his kicking style because every time they have to, for some reason, like nobody's ever seen him do it. Mm. Uh, but then they, they they just sort of go, "It's snake," you know, and, and they'll talk about something else because they know he's going to kick it. Like that's what happens when he gets the ball at his foot. 
I like to say he's tactical kicking. I've been a little bit disappointed at times this season with ours in general. But I don't know if that's a tactic that I'm missing. The fact that we do keep the ball, but nine times out of ten this season, it's landed in a player's arms, having a winger or a fullback. And I don't want that player getting a 20-yard start with a ball in his hand. I want it to touch the ground at some point. And I don't know if it's a tactic of Paul Rowley or, or whether it's just you know not coming off for us. I, I mean, on, on Saturday, I think somebody said, you know, there's like 50 metres of grass over that side and he's found the fullback again for like the third time. Hmm. And you're like, well, how's that? But is that a ploy? You know, does it take juice out of the fullbacks? Hmm. You know, engine for running the ball in, cracking. Because they don't do much, do they, fullbacks? Let's no. be honest, most of the game, you know, they, they sit behind, stand behind and watch everybody else do all the hard work in defence. So maybe that's a, a thing, you know, and with their fullback, all. Fullback was it Sir Clifford, was it? Or whatever. Yeah. You know, he, he come in as a you know an overseas player. Perhaps we've seen him as a threat. I don't. That might be you know might be reading too much into it. But generally, going back to Mark Sneed, generally he's kicking. He's unbelievable. He's forty twenties or he's he's uh, he's twenty forties or whatever they were last year as well. He's done a few of them. Brilliant. In all round on Saturday, he was just perfect. And to top it off, a big win against his old club and a, a thousandth goal. Probably don't get much better, does it? No, no. So, six minutes in, we're in total control, 56.4. Hull started to complete a bit then, scored a couple of tries. We ended up with a last try, Tim Lafay, after a six again and two penalty, two penalties. So, it was a fantastic result. My only thought is that at 60 minutes, is that Hull getting it back into it, does that stop our momentum? Or did we take our foot off the gas, you think? I don't think we took our foot off the gas. I mean, maybe we we got a little tired. I don't know whether that's something to do with it. I mean, the try they scored from the scrum, initially he was lucky to hang on to the ball, not Swift, mm. but whoever gave him the ball. He juggled it and then got round our player with doing that. Mm. It kind of, I don't know whether he put our players off or what. And then once he's gone, I mean, Swift is Swift, isn't he? He's a, he's a quick player. There was only his long staff, I think, to chase him. And, you know, it's not a fair foot race that. And it was, I mean, good try, don't get me wrong. You know, I like to see that. It's, it's great to, to watch at times. But, you know, and then, like I said, he got a couple of decisions, got a couple of penalties. He put us on the back foot and they scored. I mean, it's hard to defend for that long. You know, they scored in the first minute or whatever and then didn't score again until, like, say, what, 60, 60 odd minutes. I don't know how many times they had the ball in that time, but we, we, we held them out. We defended it. And a lot of time in the first half, especially, we were on our line doing that. And, and breaking away from our line. So, yeah, I've got no problem with that. He, I'd like to have kept him in single figures. I think that would have been even more impressive. And I'm sure Paul Rowley would, knowing what he's like, he's probably picked up the defence and had a bit of a dig. You know, but I, I've got no problem with it. They tried to score. What, the one from, God, what's his name? The, the forward with the long Tech 7s there. Scored the try. Uh, I forgot his name. Looks like something from the 70s. Yeah. Anyway, his, it was a bit soft. It was a it was a soft try for us, but at the same point, it's going to happen. Yeah, and I can't. As a fan, I, I can't pick. You can't really pick. I shouldn't be picking when when you've been away and scored sixty points. Yeah, you know. <laughs> as a Salford fan as well, we've been on the other end of that so many times mm. at home and away. So it's just it's just a pleasant surprise for us, isn't it? And it's becoming more and more frequent scoring lots of points. And again, that's the way the game is now. You've got a lot of the ball comes in waves. I don't see too much into it. I think 
we, we've probably got bodies out there that are not 100% as well because we've got a small squad. Somebody's got to play. So maybe that has an effect. I don't know. And then I noticed Jack Armanroy came on as a sub. And two minutes later, I had to go off because he did his neck or, or whatever it was. He got hurt in the tackle. He hit the ground and went back off. Well, that's a sub used. And he was coming on to be fresh. But then the player that's gone off has got to come back on and do another stint. Mm. It's just it's just difficult. And I, I've, I've got no, no problem with it. But one of the tries was a bit soft. But other than that, it's a great all-round performance. Oh, yeah. Like I said, 54-6 at that point. I'm just thinking... I want eighty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because fifty. I'm sure, like like Paul Rowley says, there's always room for improvement. So he'll probably look at that back twenty and think, what could we have done better in that last twenty to maybe sort of stop Hull getting back into it? But damage was done before yeah. then. So I think, I think part part of that as well might be that, that our style of play is that we'll carry on throwing the ball about, and maybe at times we just need to go. Let's put your foot on the brake a little bit here. We're already fifty odd points up. Rather than throwing the ball back and dropping it and giving them a chance, just go through your sets, kick it down their end, pin them down there, keep it rather than throwing it and dropping it on the halfway line, scrum mm-hmm. on the halfway, then they're in your half, then, you know, it, that could be something. But, and again, just being very, very critical and very harsh, there's no, there's no point. I'll, I'll watch that every single week, no yeah. problem. <laughs> We're if we're fifty six four up every week, Parker, we'll we'll let them have a, a dodgy twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um stats, Parker. Uh, top yeah. media makers, Reese Williams hundred and seventeen, Ryan Briley hundred and sixteen, Tim Lafay hundred and nineteen, Brodercroft hundred and two, Mark Sneed ninety-four, Andy Ackers hundred and thirty-two, King V eighty-two, Tyler Dupree hundred and four, and Adam Sidlow hundred and eight. I always say if you can get players over a hundred metres, shows going in the right direction. Yeah, and, and, and it's spread around though, isn't it? Quite a few of the backs as well as the forwards taking the work. I mean, I always say it's easier for wingers and fullbacks because the ball's going to get kicked so you get 20 metres to run anyway. But Reese Williams, again, another player. He's played twice this season and he's been outstanding both games. Not not a, not a problem. You know, we, lo- we lost Joey Burgess. You think that's that's a blow, that. Because Joe's, Joe's an international player. There's no doubt about that. But then so's Reese, you know. But he's got the most caps for Wales, so... I suppose he is, but he was brilliant again and making them meters, taking some of the work off off the forwards. When we have got, we are a bit light in the pack at times, you know. And so if you've got them players like Ryan and and, and Reese putting in big meters, Sneedy and and, and Brody at halfbacks doing the same. And then like I mentioned Tim Lafayette, just absolutely crazy player. And that's brilliant. To, like you say, to get players in the hundred meters in a game, that many of them. I mean, Adam Sidlow come off the bench to do that. 108 metres that's a great effort really is yeah top tacklers Callum Watkins 23 Andy Ackers 24 Chris Atkin 23 and Shane Wright 27 obviously we scored 60 points so we did do too much defending but still good numbers yeah yeah uh, I'm going to mention every player here Mm -hmm. Chris Atkin loose forward who knew Mm. he was he was amazing he tackled double his weight Quite easily. His work rate didn't drop for the whole game. You mentioned in there 20-odd tackles. He's a halfback, really, by trade. We stuck him in at loose forward, which is a high-intensity role. You're involved constantly. You're not getting a break. He was fantastic. He really was great. Great, Like I say, he replaced Ollie Partington, who's been unbelievable for us so far. That's great, because he's another pivot as well, another, another great ball handler. So having him on the pitch and the way we play, just it just works. And he was brilliant. But yeah, more, more. I mean, them twenty odd tackles between you know 
four players there all getting in the twenties when we probably only did hundred tackles in the whole game. Mm. So, mm. Good, good work rate. I mean, Cal Watkins gets he gets stuck in, and he just and yet sometimes he goes unnoticed. Like the other day, he didn't score. He, he scored, but he didn't. He wasn't making breaks like he, he can do, or you know, doing the stuff that he did in the centres and all that. Again, he's doing that Shane Wright thing. Just Keeping gets his head to down, just does that hard work, that graft. Mm. What what a, what a player he is! What a player. We're blessed with so many good players. Yeah. Paul spoke to Kurt Aggett this week after the game, and this is what he had to say. Coach's corner. Right, delighted to say Kurt Aggett joins me. I don't know whether you expected that today, but 60 points away from home against a good Hull side, you must be absolutely delighted. Yes, very delighted. Uh, yeah, it's always a shock when you, you beat the Super League team by them kind of points, but... With our offence, when it's on and we're defensive, nothing really surprises us. We, we know we can put score lines on when we're defensive and we aim up. We know we're capable of putting them kind of points on. You had a tough week as well, you know, losing Oliver Parrington, Joe Burgess, your low on numbers. You know, you've come away from all me. And what, what was the most pleasing thing today? Probably the tries you scored or that resilience in defence because you were still defending really well when you've got 50 points on the board. Yeah, I would say resilience because there's, there's certain things we're limited to in training, there's certain things we can't do that other teams can do. So we've got to manufacture ways to try and find that, which is difficult. So when we put performances like that together, you see a click after the practice that we put in. It's pretty incredible, really, to watch the players perform. When they haven't got all the tools to perform either, it's quite incredible. Was it difficult for you last week? You put an awful lot of effort in last week against Warrington and come away with nothing. So what was the, the motivating factor in training this week? Was it to, to come here and do a job on Hull? Well, you know, our standards are very, very high. So for 40 minutes against Warrington, we were very good. And for 40 minutes, we weren't good enough. So we focused on some of the things we did well, then the things that we need to tidy up. But again, within training, with what we're limited to, we fixed up the areas we needed to. And yeah, we addressed that first. So fix up where we need to be better and go from there. Standout player today. I think Shane Wright had a, had a great game running out wide. Is that where you want him to be, running those channels out wide? He's a strong run. He's got a bit of pace as well, hasn't he? He's very versatile, Shane, because he's extremely fit. He's very efficient. He can run a beautiful line. So in the back row or the middle, he's, he's very good for us. So we don't pitch in all the much moments in time. He's, he's very good wherever he goes for us. You've got Wakefield, Trinity next week. They've gone three games without scoring a point. Do you, You've got to sort of take them with the full respect, haven't you? Because that'll be a tough game, won't it? Oh God, yeah. You know, you can't rest any any team in so you The thing is, you're looking at Wayfield, they're not scoring a lot of points, but they're sticking in games for 40 minutes. They just want to string an 80 minute performance together. So it's exactly the same mentality as us at Hulley. We've got to play for 80. And if we play for 80, we're pretty sure that we can, we can come away with beating anybody. Do you look at the other scores from the other teams and think it could be wide open this year? Because everybody at the moment seems to be beating each other. I think if you find that bit of consistency, you know, Solver can do really well, can't they? I think it's the strongest Super League we've seen for a little while. I think um, across the board, everybody's got stronger. I think it'll swing and change again. Other teams will pick up where teams will drop off and vice versa. We've just got to concentrate on ourselves. Stay consistent, stay what we're good at. Keep tied with the things we're not so good at. And I think we, we can have a good season, yeah. Thanks very much for speaking to us, Kurt. Safe journey back, mate. See you next week. Thank you. So that was Kurt Haggerty talking to Paul after the game. And he was talking about how this team is capable of putting big scores on teams. Yeah, yeah. I, I listened to that and he, he's... Um, I mean, again... He didn't sound. He's very much in the Paul Rowley style, isn't he? Yeah. You can tell where he's, who his mentor is at the moment because he was. He wasn't shouting from the rooftops. You know, this is amazing. Look at us. We've done this. And it was more. Yeah, we. You know, we we did well. We. You know, he's just feet on the ground. I like that. I do like that. There's no point getting carried away. You know, because a whole KR performance could just be just round the corner, and that's back down. You do. You know, 
No, he's, he spoke well. I mean, like, I think he's, he's got a, he's got a big future in, in coaching. Definitely, the players seem to love him. But listening to to him talk to Paul, eh, you, you know, again, they were picking. He's picking up on little things. You could see, it in, you know, in his voice that there was little disappointments there for him. And you're like, and he wanted more. He wanted, and I mean, that's it's an unbelievable position to be in. Uh, so yeah, he, I mean he's good. He's a good bloke, and I think I think with him and Paul t- together, and obviously we, we've got some good uh, good people in the background. Yeah. So big thanks to your three word match reports, man of the matches. Get comfy. We've got a few Parker, yeah. Chairman Bob couldn't make the game. Brilliant team performance. Colin Wilson super team performance. Man of the match. All seventeen. The coaching staff. OSF amazing team performance. Sneed, Jamie Bell. I was there. KDL holding the ball. Man of the match was Croft. James Hoskinson, first-class rugby, all of them. Martin, fantastic. Sneed. Stuart Smart, what a win, Sneed. Ronnie H, lost for words. You put, what a team, Lafay. Natalie Taylor, wasn't expecting that. Brody. Big Frank, amazing performance. Man of the match was Paul Rowley. According to him, brilliant going forward. That's what Dave Parker said. Ackers, Mark, yet a game, awesome. Dupree, Chris and Janet Shenton, great team performance. Sneed. And uh, all is well in the Red Army. Have such a great performance. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, I must have. I went through them yesterday. Yeah, because uh, that's a job. <laughs> yeah, uh, just, just putting together the, the, the Man of the Max things. It's, it's chaos if you miss a week. Trying to go back to everybody's tweets. And again, what I've noticed already this year is the spread of players mm. who are getting votes for the Player of the Max. And it's very... It's always very close. It might have one vote in it each time, and mm. it's, it's, it's quite interesting at the moment, actually, in terms of in terms of who's in the lead and that sort of thing. I won't, I won't divulge it a bit yet. It's a bit too early in the season, but there's, there's probably eight, ten players already in the running, and you know we're four games in, and usually somebody stands out. Oh, I mean, Ellie Parkinson's been been brilliant, but he's missed a week now. Joey Burgess was good for the weeks that he was in, but he's missing, and then other players, but. The, the one constant seems to be Tyler Dupree. Mm. Every week, he'll get a vote from somebody. He, I, I, he's just developed in what twelve months from a part-time player who, you know, probably didn't have a great pre-season. The season before, he came into a team when he joined us was during that period where we were struggling a bit last season. I think we lost five, six, or seven on the bounce or something. You know, we weren't going great, and then he, him, and Alec Gerard came in. And changed changed a lot really, and since then he's just blossomed. Um, so yeah, just I, I will I will update everybody after a certain period in the season and see how things are going. But it's a, no, so keep them coming in, and we'll see where we get and who gets the trophy at the end of the year. Yeah, will be exciting times. Let's move on now, Parky, to the wheelchair rugby Salford's first yeah. uh, competition. They took part in on Sunday in Preston, Sir Tom Finney Sports Centre. Salford played Sheffield, Hulkiar, Warrington and Leeds in like a round-robin thing. Very proud. I think, obviously, a historic moment for the club. We all love a bit of wheelchair rugby and it's great that, obviously, now we've got a team to compete in these things. Yeah, I can't wait till they've got something a bit more local to us so we can mm. come and come down and have a watch and see how it goes. What does Salford bring to Super League? What they bring to Rugby League? You know, it's all the... Just about seven teams. Absolutely magnificent. But I can't wait to watch them, to be honest. I know Heather, we've had on, she, she was involved. I think I think I read on a, on Facebook that she scored the first the first try for the wheel. The wheel she did. Well, see, we just, we're doing everything, aren't we? You know, <laughs> females breaking records here for this club now, which is 
brilliant to see. The wheelchair rugby will be a massive success, you know. And obviously, with this, you don't have to be wheelchair bound to play, mm. you know. So I think more and more people. I think the popularity of that sport is going to be massive. I think it's going to grow through you know, because it's it, it's con- constant excitement, mm. uh, and you see them when they hit each other. I mean, with them chairs, wow. Mm. I mean, I move my fingers watching it. Yeah, yeah. watch. Oh, you know, how do you do it? The bravery of them is, yeah. is super. But yeah, I'm delighted. Another another string to our bow, that'd be right, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I can't wait to, to get to, to watch them at some point. Hopefully they'll have a, a competition near home or at a time where the first team aren't playing, which is chaos. It's a fantastic achievement. And well done to the club as well for, for getting this organised. And, you know, they've got all... It's not it's not a ragtag thing, is it? They've got the shirts and the names oh, yeah. and everything. I just, I mean... It, well, what, who is this club? I'm not sure where <laughs> who I'm watching anymore. You know, yeah. I want my team to turn up in jeans and trainers. I'm not. This isn't us. Yeah. No, brilliant. A great achievement and well done to everybody involved. I often think that, Parker. I mean, where, where's the early 2000s team club gone? <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we probably even pay wages now. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, Congratulations, everyone who took part in that. The team was Heather Robinson, Wynn, Leela Hamrang, Paul Thomas, and Neil Blackburn. So, congratulations to all them making history, and I'm sure there's loads more to come in the, the months to, to come. Final bit of news, match wise, Parky, our Salford Red Devils development team beat Hotwood Hall 32 16, I think it was yesterday, and they're in the playoffs now. Which is fantastic, obviously. You know, I always say the future's bright, the future's red. So to be obviously in the playoffs competition, it's it shows how good they are, and obviously now it's a test in it to see how far they can go. Yeah, but it's a massive achievement. I oh, mean, yeah. we struggled as a as a city in many ways. You know, I mean, football being more dominant here than than most, and probably other than London, probably every other rugby league town, city, maybe Sheffield, obviously because. Sheffield Eagles aren't a Super League team. but So we really have struggled. And the fact that we can't have an elite academy obviously restricts us in terms of bringing players through. and that. So these are the future. This is what, you know, we, we've got to look here to, to find out our future players, our first team, and this is where they start. That's a great achievement. They made the playoffs. I think it's brilliant. I mean, we're coming up against areas and regions and teams of... of Rugby league hotbeds, you know what I mean? People who are born just to play rugby, you know. Obviously, I don't know quite within that league, but obviously places like Lee, Wigan, Warrington, St. Helens, you know. And then you go over to, to Yorkshire and, and that's, you know, that's that's their thing. It's not quite the same here. So we've got to work twice as hard to get these lads to that level and, and to, you know, hopefully open up a few doors. So, no, another another brilliant thing. So, we, you know, we made the playoffs. I mean, can't ask for more. Yeah. So good luck, lads, and we'll be looking out for the for the result in the next couple of weeks. So that's all the match chat, Parky. Now we'll do all the big news, and there's there's lots of it. So we'll start with our new partnership from with Ponsombi Ponies in Auckland. Uh, they were formed in 1908 in a hotel called the Bird Cage. They play at Victoria Park, and. You know, it's an impressive setup for me. I think, obviously, they are very sort of realised. I think they talk about developing players, and that's what their main sort of goal is. 
It's not about winning for them and winning trophies. It's about bringing good players and good people through, which is kind of sort of echoes the kind of thing that Paul Rowley wants to do at Salford. So really, it's a good mix for me. Yeah, much to my embarrassment. I don't know half as much about domestic rugby in New Zealand as I should. Hmm. You, could, you could ask me about sort of lower league clubs in Australia. I'd, I'd know them anyway. It's straight, I don't really know how the league works in, in New Zealand. And I don't know what... Obviously, I've heard of teams over there and, and we've had players from teams over there. But I don't quite... Like you said, but I'm not sure how the league works or, or whether yeah. it's... what How competitive it is. Because hmm. um, I well, think they, most... They do have a few New Zealand internationals that come through yeah. uh, through their setup. Probably some from sort of the mid the fifties and stuff like that. Nothing sort of recent, but they have, they played in the Ohio Cup in two thousand seventeen. They played Quinella Sharks in the seventies when they had a good side. Two thousand eighteen, they played Ipswich Jets in the Queensland Cup. So they they have sort of potential, and then they have good caliber of players who want to grow. And and yeah, we don't really know too much about. It. I'm sure. Like the rest of the, of the teams that have you know joined in our sort of partnerships all over the world, it's long-term legacy planning. It's not about that Ponsombi might bring suddenly a, a massive second role that's going to take Super League. Like, might be five years down the line, they might. And there is a pathway now for that that kid in Auckland to possibly get through to you know to play for Salford in the Super League, but. Like you say, we we have different teams. We have a great local talent pool as well. We have Wales. So, you know, it's going to be, I've said this before, Alan, before, in sort of five years' time, there's going to be a, a big pool of players to pick from and all fighting, want to play in that jersey. The other thing is, it, it, our names in another country again. Mm. You know what I mean? The, the club, we're, we're, we're known. You know what I mean? Our name's getting spread out there. People mm. will will know of Salford Red Devils now. There'll be guys over there who are now following Salford, or at least looking out for the result because they've got a partnership, they've got a connection, and their families. And you know, and that, it, it does a lot for us in in that way as well. But I think, like you say there, that the, the plan is probably four, five, ten years down the line. You know, I mean, the difference is we've we've done it in in the US and and uh, you know in, in Ghana and. With Red Star, hmm. New Zealand, it plays rugby league. Do you know what I mean? This isn't—they're not going to be starting from scratch. Like you say, they've been around for what nineteen oh eight. This is a, an established club. This isn't something you know. So there is more to that, I think, and the more chance of bringing players through. I mean, it's obviously another tough thing because if you're a good player in New Zealand, you're probably going to get picked up by an NRL club or the Queensland Cup. Or you know what I mean? So, but if we've got that connection, that player may think, do you know what? I've got a chance to go to England and have a go, even if it's even if it's a trial or whatever. I think it's a, a really good thing the club are doing, it and I hope it continues. Um, I don't know how it works financially. You know what? What I'm sure we can't, you know, be giving money out. But the advice we can give and the tips and the the training and and if you're watching Salford right now, you're thinking, mind mind being like them. They're, mm. they're quite good. If that's a DNA that we can put into another club. Brilliant. But we're all over the world. Where next? Where are yeah. we going next? You know, I think there's only two continents left in there. We've not, <laughs> we've not infiltrated yet. So, yeah, no, it's a brilliant thing. Again, 
full credit to the club. Whoever's putting these together, you know, deserves a, a massive part on the back. I'm sure probably Ian Lee's has got something to do with it, and obviously Paul King probably somewhere along the line. But it's just a, a great way of getting our name out there for us, and then for these other clubs to be developed and be associated with a Super League team, and hopefully we can help them out. Yeah, next stop, Antarctica Reds. It's coming, it's coming. A bit cold, it, but... Yeah, it was cold <laughs> enough in Hull on Saturday, you can, you can forget that one. Yeah. Uh, no, but, you know, there are other countries, even, even you know, within Europe that we can, we can easily yeah. tie up with. So, yeah, just onwards and upwards for us. Yeah. Sad news, Dan Sargenson has departed, announced his retirement from Rugby League, wants to obviously help other people in their lives... It's, it's a bit sad because he's had a lot of injuries and suspension didn't help a couple of times. Got you know red carded, yellow carded, and, and stopped him from playing. Twenty five appearances, five tries, golden point try in the, the Challenge Cup. I think was it against Catalan? Was it? I think so. You know that was a high moment for him, but obviously missed the Challenge Cup uh, due to Corona. So uh, yeah, I think he's, he's he was a, he was a good player for us, and obviously wish him well and whatever he wants to do next. That was a big fan. Really was. It was a shame that his injuries held him back, and he's a character as well. I think he. I think he's probably a good bloke to have around around the club. You know, I think that'll be a blow for the players. I think he was well liked and a really talented player. Really talented. I think he's still got a good few years in him, but obviously, you know, he's made that decision. And if he's not going to play, you know, for us, it's he's good in a way that you know, we, we. It sounds sounds horrible and crass, but we're not we're not paying money out for a player that we're never going to see mm. you know we couldn't I'm sure we, we you know it's money that we couldn't afford to to just be paying but full credit for him to for taking that decision and like I say we've had some moments with him he's definitely a funny you know he's definitely a character and uh, I mean the, like you say the try he's good in the Challenge Cup was well he's one of them that'll live with us for a, for a long time he, he was just an amazing you know obviously we couldn't be there we're all watching it in pubs and whatever and I just remember going wild when he scored that and then the <laughs> moment where he didn't get sent off I think at Huddersfield when he absolutely yeah. nearly murdered somebody and I think mm. I think Greenwood got sent off in his place or something and he hid quite well at that moment out of the way and it was a good thing because we could afford to lose that player and not Sargentson mm. so it, it kind of worked I wish him all the best he, he's, a, he's a great bloke and I know he's been through quite a bit in his life in recent years he lost his brother, I think, a few years back, his younger brother, which which affected him badly. And if he's not happy and he knows his body better than anybody else, and he's, he's made that decision, then full credit, because he could have he could have hung on, he could have tried to keep coming back or just picking his money up every every week. But he hasn't. He's made a, a brave decision, and I just wish him well. Yeah, more sad news as well. Club stalwart Pete Atkinson passed away recently. Park here. Our thoughts are with his friends and family at, his, at this time. I remember him from the Willows. He used to buy Golden Gamble to keep off him every week as uh, to come through the turnstile. Nice bloke. Obviously, it's sad, uh, sad news there. Yeah, I've known Pete for, I don't know, he lived just further up Weas Lane when I lived down Weas Lane. So I used to see him virtually every day at some point. And his daughter, Amanda, had worked at the club as well. A, a, a really nice bloke. Do anything. Absolutely. I know people say I'd do anything for him. He literally would. And he, he served the club well. Uh, you know, he worked at the ground at the Willows, sold the ticket, painted everything. You know, he, he'd help out in any way he could. And then even at the AJ Bell, I mean, I saw him uh, two weeks ago at the, the OKR game. He collared me then for a for a Golden Gamble ticket, as he as he does. You can't get away. From, you couldn't get away from him. But yeah, really sad news. And it'll be it'll be it'll be sadly missed. 
yeah. Like I said, our thoughts and the prayers are with his family at this time. Better news, one of our PDRL players, Justin Mark, was selected for East Wales in the Origin game. You know, what a great achievement that is. Obviously, our PDRL team start their season this weekend, but it's great for him uh, to represent his represent his east side of, of Wales in this Origin contest. Yeah, more international honours, kind of, if you like. So we rep honours. Brilliant. I mean, we, we've not had a team for long. I think, you know, a few months, really. Mm. And already, you know, he's made that, that, that step. I mean, that's brilliant. He must have been absolutely over the moon. And again, he, he's great kudos for the club. And that Welsh connection again, bearing fruit as it as it does. But yeah, no full full, full credit to him. Just hope he, you know, he, he enjoyed it and got something out of it. But you know, keep your feet on the ground. Remember you're a Salford player. Uh, <laughs> and don't get any ideas. No. Other news, let's talk ladies now. Selco Builders are to sponsor our ladies team in twenty twenty three. Obviously, you know, a big sponsor of the the men's team as well. So it's great. They've got a link up with both now. Yeah, I wonder where you were going with that. And let's talk ladies. That kind of podcast. Um, yeah, no, brilliant, brilliant, great news. I mean, Selco itself, I was thinking about this. Obviously, we're going to talk about it later on, but IMG coming in and so on. Mm. A nationally known company, you know what I mean? Well-respected company. They advertise on everything. They're on the darts every week. They're a big, big company. And to be associated with the club in general is fantastic. But then I saw, obviously, like you say, they're going to be on the, the shirts for the ladies. They're going to, you know, obviously, put. Uh, there'll be some kind of, I'm sure, financial input into that, which is great. Just a complete professional setup and more re- really good news. And, and the commercial team at the club are doing a great job in tough times. And it's good to have them on, you know, on board with us. It's just a shame that, you know, the ladies, we don't get to see them enough. You know, seems like forever since I watched them. Yeah, they were supposed to play on Sunday, but. The game's been called off. They've supposed to play Barra, but called off for some reason, which is a bit disappointing. But I suppose we've got plenty more games to look forward yeah. to. There's still personal sponsorship packages available for the ladies, 400 quid, including VAT. Get lots of stuff out of that. So if you're a you know, local business, you want a bit of exposure. Obviously, our ladies, with their success of last season, mm-hmm. would be an ideal opportunity to promote yourself and put some coppers into the ladies' team. Yeah, again, hopefully we'll see more of them this year in, in, in the stadium. So if you are going to put some money in, you know, it's not, it wouldn't go unnoticed. Certainly wouldn't, I'm sure, obviously you'd be on the, you know, get mentioned on the website and everything else. But to actually, you know, you've got your player there and they score at the AJ Bell. You, oh, sorry, can't call it anymore, can we? <laughs> at, the, at the Salford Stadium. Yeah. It's, yeah, more kudos to you. And you know, I mean, you don't have to be a business. If, you, if you're, financially comfortable as an individual you know I don't think 400 quid is, is crazy for a season sponsoring somebody I don't think that's bad at all it's somebody you know there'll be people out there who, who will get involved I mean I'll, I'll admit if I had that oh yeah about and didn't think that I would suddenly be divorced uh, <laughs> for using it I would yeah I'd definitely I'd, I'd definitely put some money in yeah a few more coffees will, will be on that <laughs> yeah a few more you say yeah <laughs> um, they've actually brought someone in Emerald Hickey uh, for the 2023 season played for Lancashire University played for Cheshire played for Southport as well prop forward obviously will provide some power in that front row yeah and again more bodies mm. that's what you're going to need through a season especially now we've took that step up to Super League 2 and, and what that means in terms of competition every week you know I said last year about 
the first season is going to be about getting used to it, getting getting hit, getting up the next day, going again, and you know, and they they excel. We know they did. You know, yeah, I can't bang on about them enough. You know, these these girls have combined studies and, and you know general life, work, everything else with training, all extra training that they didn't have to do. Nobody's told them to do it. They just got together and done it, and and then the success as well, picking up a bit of silverware in your first year and ended up getting promoted. I mean. Pretty good, really, isn't it? So uh, no, I, you know, I'm full of praise, and, and like you say, a, a new a new face for us to, to get used to, and sounds like she's got a bit of experience as well. Yeah, exciting times there. Mother's Day Club have put out a afternoon tea offer: fifty pound for an afternoon tea. £70 if you're not a season ticket holder. Opportunity if you do bring your mum to the game for £10, you can do that as well. So I think it's great. I think it shows the club are trying new things. A decent price, obviously, if you try to, to do afternoon teas, they are kind of around that price. But yeah, you know, hopefully they'll get a, a decent sort of take up on that. Yeah, I think after my mum working there for 30 odd years, if I offered a Mothering Sunday watching Salford, she would probably disown me. <laughs> I think she's had enough of it. Of it. No, uh, no, it's a great idea, isn't it? Another, another great little offer that's, that's been put on, another idea, something out, you know, thinking outside the box. Because I remember him saying after the last game, well, the only game we've had it on this year, that there'll be offers for Mother's Day. And I was kind of thinking, what what, uh, what can you offer? You know what I mean? What What is that it's not well, afternoon tea? I mean, I know my mum. Loves having afternoon tea. You know, she goes off to these hotels or wherever and, you know, spends a lot more than 50 quid. Mm. I know that. So, yeah, another great idea. And this, this is the thing. The club are trying so hard to get people in, to get bums on seats. to, And they're coming up with all these ideas. And I, I feel they get let down a little bit by by the public at large. Not, not obviously, not the 3,000 of us that are there every week. You know, that's, that's a given. You know, we'll be there no matter. But... I think it deserves more, possibly more coverage would, would help. But yeah, you know, they keep trying. And I hope, you know, I hope these things gather, gather pace and it's something we can continue to do yeah. um, into the future. Yeah, I think that's the important thing. It's about if it don't work first time, don't can it. It's about you have to yeah. go a couple of times and, and, and that momentum hopefully grows. But then say that comes into overheads and, you know, availability mm-hmm. and all that. So the club. It's a, it's a fine line and it? it's a tight rope they have to walk, let, let's be fair. Other news, looking for a match day announcer and match day entertainment. Parker, massive part of any game and, and match day in rugby league now is what goes on off the field. So hopefully there'll be people out there who want to sort of get involved in this kind of thing and the club will be able to hopefully get them and then keep them and be, build maybe a, a sort of a portfolio of entertainers who, who will keep coming back in different games to entertain everybody. Yeah, I think, well, it's like you say, it's a massive pattern. It's, it's something that we've got to, we've got to up our game on. That's it's one of the, the very few criticisms I would have at the moment about our club. And it is very few because I can't think of too many. Is our match day, it doesn't, we've said it thousands, it doesn't matter to me, you and, and, and you know, the average bloke who's been going for since 1900 and boiled milk it, it's about bringing those new faces in and, and we've got to offer more than just rugby league that's mm-hmm. how it is and if you and you, i mean full credit to what lee did on that opening night and, and again they did it for saints last week i'm not saying we've got it we haven't got that budget you know Derek bowman has, seems to have a bottomless pit of, of cash that he can throw it and fair play i'm not criticizing it's a great thing for him well done to lee 
but that's the way they're the levels we've got to get to that that anticipation before a game and you know I'm not I'm not saying I'm in pyrotechnics on the pitch is it is a you know a great thing but I think we need a little bit more now and the, and the match day announcer is a is very much a part of it getting people going even at, at Hull on on a Saturday I mean and his workout to be fair he want much to go at but you know even even he was trying his best to get the fans to get you know sometimes you need that so yeah it'd be interesting to say I think a lot of let me get a few people sort of going going for that, and and then obviously the entertainment. There's loads of local bands, loads. You know, it's a free gig. If you can get them on, you know, before a game. It, I don't know whether they're thinking of doing it on the pitch, mm. but if that's the idea, and you've got a few thousand people for these for some of these bands, that'd be the biggest they'll ever play in front of. You know what an, what an event. And, but again, we've got to get it out there. I think. University is a great place to go, and the colleges, because that's where a lot of bands are formed. Mm. You know, from that, and I think that'd be a you know a, a good thing. Maybe going off to the Northern College of Music in in Manchester and yep. putting something in there, just letting them know that this is what we're looking for. I don't know if the club's done it. You know, I might be teaching me granite suck eggs. I don't know, but these are the pathways we've, we've got to chase up. And you'll find entertainers who will do the announcing and that kind of thing because some people are just gifted like that, and mm. uh, and we'll fall into it. So we'll have to see what, what comes up there, Park here. Let's talk IMG now. They announced their plans for the future of our game. You've had a little look at it. What do you make of it all? Firstly, I will say I'm not against anything that's going to improve our game and make it more popular in the British psyche and, you know, give it the credit it deserves. But some of it just seems so straightforward. You think, why are we not already doing this? Was this not what framing the future was for 30 years ago. Is this not what Super League's about? The criteria are very... I don't... It seems a bit vague. Mm. That's what I will say initially. I mean, I made a few notes. I, I mentioned to you off air earlier on that I made all my notes on the iPad, which I'm currently using as a video camera. So it's a bit strange. It breaks down the criteria. The, the first one is, is, the fine, is, is the fandom, as they yeah. call it, a word that I've never understood. I don't really get it. It must be an Americanism of some mm. sort. Fandom. And it starts with the tendencies, and straight away you get a bit of a "Ooh, that's mm. a bad one." If mm. this is this is the first of their criteria, if they're put, I mean, I know the ratings are, are done differently, but if that's if that's part of what they're looking at, that's not a good start for us because our tendencies are better, but not nowhere near good enough. Mm. Nowhere near good enough. But that's only one part of that fandom. Right. That's two and a half points of the five. That's half of it. Okay. So we need to up our crowds. We know that. Paul King knows that. Everybody at the club knows that. Everybody who watches Salford knows that. We can pack four or five thousand to go to an away game in the playoffs, but we can't get five thousand for a home game sometimes. Mm. Go figure. You know, mm. what, where, what? what's going on? Anyway, and then you've got these, these strange where you've got digital, which is your interaction via Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Well, we do that. We, I think we're pretty good at that. I think we've got that boxed up. I've got no problem with it, the stuff coming out of the club. It used to be an issue for me that I didn't think there was enough information. Now it's constant. Every day there's something there. They, they, even if there's no news, they're bringing something out. There's an inter- or, you know, whatever. I think, I think we're really good at that. So I think we've passed that. Visualisation. Now they- I'm not sure how you judge this. Because from what I can make out, it's something to do with 
when you're on TV or whatever, how much, how many viewers there are. Right. If we're on a Thursday night on Sky against Hull Kingston and Manchester United are playing Barcelona, let's just say that might happen one day. Yeah. How many people are watching Super League that night? Mm. A lot less than watching the game on the Friday night. Doesn't matter who's involved. Now, what they've said is the bigger clubs get the bigger figures. I can't doubt that. I can't. I've got, I've got no figures to back that up with. But I'm pretty sure that there'll be much of a muchness, no matter who's playing. So I'm not sure how they judge this. Yeah, I think were we the most viewed grand final when we yeah. played Saints? Yeah, and I think we were semi-final. I think we were one of the sort of the highest viewing figures that that day as well. So if they're going to factor that in, we should really but, score high. But are they are they saying this weather? He needs clearing up for me. I, I don't know. But are they saying? for the playing Wigan and there's this many people watching it mm. now is that they're watching Salford or are they watching Wigan are they watching both Who, how do you break that down into who's bringing the most to that mm. you, you, there's no way of knowing absolutely no way of knowing who's tuning in to watch what they're just watching a game of rugby so it's a bit of a strange one but again you get a point for that so I, I think we'd be alright because I think people will watch it especially the way we play at the moment who wouldn't watch it so I've looked at that and I, I think the numbers are a problem. That's going to be an issue for us. We'll drop points for that because mm. we don't get big enough crowds. We're probably the least supported team in Super League. That's an issue. Mm. Right? We will improve it, hopefully. Winning is a big part of that. But that's something that we've got to look at. And uh, the club know that. So the next one is... Next one's performance. Yeah, perform well... What what more can you say? Yeah. How long are you, how long are they judging this off? Mm. Because if you go back to 2019, when we made a grand final, 2020 we made a cup final. Mm. All right, 20. We do. We all mention that we'll blame COVID. And the last two, well, last season we made the semi final, and, and this year we're in fifth. We can go fourth over the weekend. I, and, and the rugby we play is absolutely scintillating. But again. The questions I've got with that is, with performance, well, what if you get 12 injuries? Your performance is going to drop. That doesn't make you a bad team. It doesn't make you a bad any, anything changing. It just doesn't. And teams go through form and, and things like that. So it's got to be done over a period of time, surely. And if you finish bottom or in the bottom three, three years running, then, yeah, you're probably not offering enough. I get yeah. that. But you can have, you know, what What about last year with Warrington having a free year and finishing second bottom? Hmm. Does that mean they're a terrible team? The top at the moment? I think it's over three years, I think. But so, still, it's it's very much like if you win the league, you get this much. If you win the, the Challenge Cup, you get this much. So it's you don't get well, much for sec, you know, semi-final, let's say. Or do you? you know, that's apparently, thing. The, 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 from the 30-odd clubs that are involved... Mm. Are being considered. I mean, what what we bothering for? League One generally, half of them teams aren't even dreaming of getting anywhere near this level. So let's, you know. But anyway, and then you get points for where you finish on that thirty-eight team league. So if you finish fifth, you've done all right. You get more points. You get points for uh, winning in the cup or getting so far in the cup. You get so far. You get. But what what it says is, if you win your you know your league, you'll get extra points. Well, if you win League One. 
that's not quite the same as winning the Super League. Hmm. So it shouldn't be weighted the same. So I don't know how that works. So if you win it, you get more points. But as far as you go in the competition, you'll get or higher up. You finish, you get more points. I think at the moment, as it stands, we'll do okay. Right. Now that is, that's another five points, another quarter of the whole total. Mm. Now I think we're well up there with that. I've got no no worries about that. I think we're safe there. Okay. Uh, anything could go wrong, we could finish bottom, but <laughs> finance. Yeah. This is potentially the biggest stumbling block for us out of the whole lot. We are financially embarrassed. We don't have any money. We don't. Simple. We don't. We know that. We're fi- we're not idiots. We don't know the we don't know the, the ins and outs. But Paul King has, you know, he he made it clear on a podcast I listened to the other day, and you know, the fact that he's having to remortgage his house against, you know, the club keeping us going, you know, that I mean that says it all. That's the problem we we've got there. But then I look at the sponsorship we've got and think, well, that's, you know, that's that's massive. Hmm. So the, there is finance. The thing is, for me, we, we've survived and made semi-finals and everything else on nothing. Can you imagine what we could do with a little bit of money? So that's that's an issue. That, that's a worry. I think the fandom one, we can get around a little bit. We, you know, we can improve our crowd. I think, I think we do everything else pretty well. Hmm. Performance, yeah, really good. Finance... Not brilliant. Looking um, at the finance packet, I've, I've got the criteria. It says non-centralised turnover is 45%, yeah. which I think you'll probably mean sponsors. And like you said, yeah. our sponsorship catalogue is quite good. A club are always announcing big sponsors, aren't they? So it's 2.25% of the, the vote, mm. um, which I think is, is a big sort of score. So I think we might be all right there. It says non-centralised turnover as a percentage of total turnover. So we wouldn't know that if because we don't know what the, what's on the balance no. sheet, do we? Adjusted profit won't know that. Balance sheet strength is 0.5, uh, which is 10%, right? But like you said, if we've our balance sheet might be quite strong because we make every penny count. So it might not necessarily mean you've got loads of money. You just it just you just know how to balance and how how rugby league club works. I think Maybe. I think the one thing that we do rely on though is that central funding, the money we get from Sky. That is the bulk of what we have coming in. Mm. You know, I can't remember what it is at the moment, what what money you get off Sky, but I would say that's probably I, I might be massively wrong, but I'd say it's probably about seventy percent of what we get. You know what I mean? Mm. That's where we've got to extend that now and move to bring in more money from from other areas. And it's difficult because I mean these are tough times as well. Let's not forget, you know, people are struggling, companies are struggling. But I don't know that, and that's something that only the, the, the club can answer. I know Paul King wouldn't hide behind anything. He's, he's as open as anybody I've, I've ever spoken to, and he, he, he's very honest. And if he thought it would help, he'd, he'd tell us. But obviously, it doesn't. I mean, me and you and, and anybody listening, we don't know. We, no. we, we don't know the facts. No, so, we don't. But that's another one. So that, we, we may struggle there. So it's, at the moment, we've had three categories, and we've, we, we, you know, we're up and down a little bit, let's say that. Yeah. Moving on. It's a stadium. Mm. I I don't know where we can... The only way we'll drop points on that is that we don't own it, which there is a certain percentage that goes to that. How many rugby league teams own their own stadium? Mm. Well, Wigan don't. Hull don't. Mm. Uh, Obviously, we don't. You know, we could probably go on through through rugby league. That They're either council-owned or privately-owned or whatever. So... I'm not sure too many would would benefit from that. I think we'll score high there because, like you said, 
the facilities are good. We share it with sale, don't we? Mm-hmm. So we might we might not get that 0.25%. I think, I think LED light is going to assume that the bulbs are LED. I, I, big screen. We do have a big screen, but we don't really use it very much. But well, that might be something the club might want to sort of invest in or get so they can use the one sale uses maybe. And uh, utilisation is one. I suppose utilisation is what the new partnership we're going to be talking about in a bit which gives us one there. So maximum of three, I think we'll be have a disappointed if we're not 2.5. But I think the ownership bit is, is an issue because sale will be the main tenants. Mm. That's the way it seems from what we hear. That will drop us points. We know that. But, I mean, this, this is the other thing that gets me in big screen. I mean, why are we rating the history of this rugby league and the future of all these clubs? On something as simple as a screen, I don't. I mean, that's only one part. The LED. I know you mentioned the light. You know what I mean? The advertising hoardings as well, because they're LED. Mm. Some clubs don't have them. We do. On one, certainly down one side. Mm, yeah. I don't know. You know, does that count? I mean, what are we going? The length of the grass is that important? I don't know. It seems stupid, really. But the utilization. I think that's also the stadium how it's used out of hours. Mm. Now, at the moment. I'm not sure it is greatly used out of it. I know it's got the gym there and stuff like that, but I don't. But that's something that, like you say, this, the council now are, are going to control the stadium, really. You know, sale will be the main tenants, but so I think it will get used a lot more. Yeah. And that's where somebody like Seb Gerard would have come in because he wanted that. He, he had ideas of what he wanted to do. Obviously, we, we know he's not doing it, we know he's not overly interested, but that would have been, you know, that's somebody like that to come in. But that's. That, that's fine. I think I agree with you. By the way, I think we've got no problems with stadium. If we moved to more lane, that would have been a disaster. Mm. So it, it all fits at the moment. If length of grass bit, does come into it, Mark Ryan's got his work cut out for the next two years. Yeah, to sure. Well, they, they do a great job. That, that, they do a great job. Him and yeah, and Danny. And then we go on to the the last one, which is to do with. Uh, yeah, your catchment, which, again, this is an interesting one. For us, Salford itself and the city of Salford is all right. It's probably, I think it's about 270,000 now in the city of Salford. How far are we saying a catchment area is? Because are we including Manchester? We know so. But then could, could Wigan not? So we're in Greater Manchester. We can use that. And then how Wigan and Lee, what, they're both in the same borough, really. You know, they're both, Lee is in Wigan. Mm. So how does that work? And then you've got, you'd have Saints, Warrington, Wigan and Lee, all on each other's doorstep. Well, are they taking numbers off each other? Or are we just using the town itself and the population of that town as a catchment area? Mm. It's very, very, this is very vague. Again, I have no issue with this. Salford's big enough on its own. But with Manchester on our doorstep, we also have where you are there in Sale and, and yeah. Trafford and and places like that, the whole of that side of the water, you know. And then we've got basically all the way to Rochdale Oldham one way, where there are no teams, you know, in between all that side, going north through Ben and and, and that way. So I've got no problem there. I think we're we're, we're probably going to get full points for that. Yeah, um, big fat two for me for that one. Yeah. So I worked it out. And I looked at the, the actual scoring criteria. Okay. And we're not, we won't get an A. We won't, I just don't see us getting an A. Hmm. Which is not, not bad. You know, it doesn't matter. But I think 
just trying to work out how I worked it out. But I, I think we're going to be high, high in the B as a as a, a B category, which like is a B plus. Yeah, which is seven and a half points or you know greater. And I think we're I think we're eight and a half to nine, mm. but we're in there as far as I can see. And to get to get a B, we'd have to be a category. We, we'd have to fall apart as a club completely. Mm. I just can't see how how we can compared to other clubs. What we offer is greater than 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 so many. So I, I think we, we'll, we'll get a B licence. I really do. And then it's for us to improve. And we have got time to even do it now. The main the main things, finance isn't going to be fixed overnight. That's not something you can, you know, this is a long-term problem. The one big thing for me is getting them crowds up, getting bums on seats, make it look good mm. on TV. And then you never know, more people watching might make more people think, I'm going to advertise there, I'm going to sponsor them, I'm going to do that, I'm going to get involved. Mm. and then who knows so it, it's awkward it's very vague there's a lot of things you know that I'd love to to, to get the, the club's you know perspective on and see how, how they feel about it Paul King sounded quite bullish when I listened to him about he, he thought we'd get a, a B I, I think we'll get a B um, and hopefully that's how it's seen but my big fear is that as much as this is independent is there an alternative you know is there is there somebody involved who's already got an idea of who's in? Do they want... I mean, are they really going to kick Leeds, Wigan, Saints, Hull, Catalan, Warrington? Are they going to kick them out? No. No. Because that, that's the game. So you're looking at Salford, you're looking at Castleford, you're looking at Wakefield, you're looking at Lee, possibly even Huddersfield. You don't know. They don't own their own ground. I know that the, the money situation isn't great because they've got huge debts they don't get a great fan base you know catchment area well they're on the doorstep of Leeds and whatever else so then do they want Bradford or do they, we're the teams that are really at risk and if they want Bradford and don't want Salford you can make things fit you can you can do things <laughs> now right. I don't think I don't think they will but I'm not talking about us I'm talking about other clubs now that, that are under threat that maybe don't deserve it but I mean, for me, the one big thing, and I'm sorry you're to everyone and listening, but the, the one big thing for me is what happens on a pitch. Yeah. That's the big one for me. That should be the, the, the weightiest of them all. Yeah. If you're, you know, uh, not just being good, because you can play good rugby and get beat, not be great to watch, but actually the success. I mean, you could look at a couple of clubs and think, you look at them criteria, you're not great, but you're a good club, you're a good team. Mm. How does it work? So... It needs clearing up. It does. I'm sure it will over the next few months. It'll come. It'll become clearer. And you know, some of our listeners might have ideas and can let us know what they think. But for for me, I think we'll be okay. I think our future's bright enough. And the people we've got in charge, I've got nothing but utter faith in. So, you know, I think they're not sound bites what we do. We actually do. We take action. We make things happen. You heard other clubs say they're going to do this. You heard other owners say things. We've had one who's said things that didn't happen. We, now we say something, we do it. And there's a lot more to come from this club. And, and just to mention as well, we went on before about the clubs abroad that we're associated with. How many other clubs have got these connections? Mm. How many other clubs are putting the belly branch out to these other teams and other leagues and helping? We're good for the game. Mm. And I think I think we'll be all right. I'll give you a sign back, Parker. It'll all be all right in the night. 
There you go. Isn't that a show about things that go wrong? <laughs> well, I hope it doesn't. <laughs> Other news: Ryan Lannan and James Greenwood are on low are going on loan to Swinton for two weeks. Obviously, getting some game time there. Yeah, I know Ryan's obviously coming back from injury, which is it's been tough for him. So he needs to get some games in him. James Greenwood, we haven't seen half enough of him. He seems he goes out on loan and he gets injured and comes back and then he goes back out on loan. And I think I worked out he's played something like 22 times in his fourth season now. Not an amazing turnaround. You know, it's not, he doesn't show up enough. When he plays, he's a proper asset. He's a really, really good player. So hopefully now he can get through these injury problems, go to Swinton, make his mark. Because we're short of forwards. We need these two back in our squad rapidly. I mean, James Greenwood, he's a good good player with ball in hand. He's got a bit of pace. out When he goes out wide, he causes trouble. It'd be great to have him fit and on the bench. Mm. So, you know, fingers crossed we can get these two fit now. And, I, you know, we need to see them back. Our squad isn't big enough to, to be having players that aren't going to feature. No. So good luck to them. Come back fit and firing and boy sells back into the first team. Reserves will play Wakefield on Sunday after the men's game inside the AJ Bell opportunity for Stuart Wilkinson's men to put on a show against Wakefield. Yeah, it'd be good to see him. Be good to see him again. Another team that we don't, you know, we probably don't get to see enough of. So yeah, see what advances we made in the last, you know, from, from last season and yeah, it'd be, it'd be good. I'll probably hang around for that now. I, I'm glad you've you've told me about that. The weather stays good. Yeah, that'll be yeah, that'll be all right. I hope a few people do stay. Yep. Other news: Council set to buy the stadium and a loan to the club of three hundred fifty thousand pounds. Obviously, we don't really know what the, the the situation is with that. We can only go off what's been in the press, which is basically two instalments of one hundred seventy-five thousand pounds. Some people on the council aren't quite happy about it. But it's a Salford asset and a team in Salford are playing in it. And I'm sure the other people in the council would want that rather than it to be sold to a team that isn't part of the city. And all that money that they pumped into it, building it, keeping it going, just disappears into the, the deep blue yonder. In uh, Not physically, but in every other way. It, it's, an, it's, it's a no-brainer for the council. I mean, there's two points to this. The first one is is on the council point of view. Like you just said there, we we go bust, we go out of business. That leaves one team playing there. Mm. All right? Well, it's not making any money for half a year because they play in the winter, we play in the summer. So with us there, the, the stadium has activity throughout the year. The council can't afford to have that stadium sitting empty. It, can't, it just doesn't work, does it? Financially, it doesn't work. That's, so from then it makes sense, and if the leader of the council and the mayor and, and you know whatever were the ones that let Salford Rugby League die, I mean it's political suicide to be perfectly frank with you. I think yeah, I think it'd be crazy. I understand that I'm a taxpayer. I'm a I'm a council taxpayer in Salford. You know I know it's my money. I know that I've seen the roads outside how bad they are that nobody's fixing. You know and I can see where the pressure is. This is a separate issue. This this money will help the stadium make money, which then goes back into the coffers, which then helps the council. So it's it's a simple one. The second part is people complain from the outside, saying, "Oh, you're just helping." 
they think that money just helps the first team of Salford Rugby League Club. A group of blokes playing rugby. I would love for some of these people to go and spend a few days working with a community team. The development lot. Go and, go and see the PDRL. Go and watch the ladies team. Go and see what this club gives to this community. It's more than money. Money's important, but the, the, we're giving people a chance. The healthy, you know, the healthy lifestyle we're offering. You mentioned before about the, the lads who have made the playoffs. Mm. These young lads. What do you want to do? No rugby team. What did they do? What did they do? Where did they go? Out on the street, doing nothing. There's nothing. We're offering things. We're keeping them healthy. You know, we're giving them ambition. This, if you take that away, that's a void that won't get filled because the council can't afford to fill it. Mm. So who, who takes up the, the mantle that our community team, the likes of John and Neil Blackburn and people like that, the work that they put in every single day to get these projects out there, the primary schools that we go to, the high schools we visit, you know, it means more than money. And people are very, very short-sighted when it comes to it. It's just a sports team. It also offers employment. Do you want all them people to just lose their jobs? Is that is that something else that's good for us? No. I, 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 it's just, all they see is, oh, the council have given them 300 grand so they can go and buy a new player. It doesn't work like that. There will be conditions as well from the council to say, you can't just, you know, mess this up the wall. This, is, this has got to be used for whatever. We're keeping you afloat at the moment for your next big thing, your, you know, and there'll be a, a path to, to improve the commercial side, to bring that money and to pay that. Like, oh, this is a loan. This isn't been given. This isn't free money. We've got to find the money to pay them back with interest. I, I know the interest is fixed at a very low rate, which is very, you know, very good. I, I wouldn't mind my bank doing that, but <laughs> that's the way it works. And you can only do that with a council that you can't do with a bank. Mm. It's separate, you know, so... Listen, anybody out there, and I'm, I'm preaching to the converted here, we're not Salford fans, and I'm sure we all think it's a great thing. But to anybody on the outside, I'll argue the, the, the toss with them that this that this club offers more to this city than virtually anything else. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful stuff there, Parky. Final bit of news is the news that broke sort of earlier this evening. Heath, Heathcote and Co., and our partnership with them now will be providing food and beer for the club. The club will make money from the food and beer purchases on match day and non-match day, which is great. Obviously, we talked about putting coppers back in to the club, and this is probably a really big way of doing that. Yay, at last. Yes. I can start buying food and drink at the stadium again. Yes. Uh, brilliant news. Fantastic. At last, it's been 10 years of... Of nothing, hasn't it, from anybody? Nobody's helped us. We've got nothing from, you know, match days or anything like that. Brilliant. I mean, whatever it is, if it's one percent of sales, it's still money that we didn't have, and and in many ways, free money, if you like. Mm. Uh, no, that's brilliant. That's a great thing. Well done to the to the club and, and for, for for getting this over the line. That's that's going to be a massive help. And uh, yes, yeah, so I encourage everybody: don't eat before you go to the game on on Sunday. Don't eat, don't don't even drink. Save it all up when you're at the game. And uh, yeah, and if you've got a season ticket, I think you still get discount, don't you? Is that still going? Well, uh, I don't think it is now. Isn't I, it? I don't think so, because I think uh, the wife yeah, went said that. to it and uh, they said they don't do it anymore. But uh, I, I, that's just might have been miscommunication there, I'm sure. If it does, the club will correct us and let yeah, us know. But, let the people know, because obviously in this situation, 
you tell the people they'll go and buy that extra pie maybe paul heathcote is a michelin star chef <laughs> him <laughs> and gary Bates sort of run the company. They're going to do it for sale as well, which is useful. Obviously, obviously we can share the pies, can't we? Which is great. They also do it for Preston North End, which which is great. Obviously, experiencing running a sports stadium and what the the food and the drink means to both fans and and sort of the club revenue wise. I'll be honest. The last lot, I think the guy who runs the burger van outside does a better job. So this this has got to be an improvement. Paul Heathcote, didn't he have a restaurant in Manchester? Is that am I, yeah. am I yeah. that? I'm sure he did. Yeah, a few years. I don't know if he's still got one. Yeah, brilliant. Fantastic news. Some of the that's some of the best news I've had in a bit, really. I mean, besides all the top signings and just being wonderful. Um that that's really good. I'm I'm delighted now that we are at least getting something from this stadium. And this is where this new agreement, obviously, with the council and sale. Is gonna is I think will benefit us. I think the the rent will be different. You know, I think sale will end up paying the the majority of that. I think that might be part of it. And and then this adding a bit more money, yeah. I, it seems like all's all's good at the moment. And uh, yeah, I, I just can't. Uh, I, I'm glad you told me that. I didn't know about that. That's really good news. Yeah, went on their website said they're going to get pies from Clayton. Clayton Port Pies in Altrincham and trying to source local breweries for the beer. But that's on their website talking about sale. So you think if we're both sharing them, we'd do the same thing. But we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, the devil is in the detail. I'm sure the club will announce what food and beer will be available in the next few sort of months and years to come. So that's all the news. If you've not got a DVT, you're doing well, Parker, after an hour and a half. <laughs> so uh, next up, we'll see what's happening in the world of rugby league with Whiteside World of Rugby League. Right, well, here is this week's Devil of the Detail, World of Rugby League, and also uh, the Amateur Report as well. We'll start off this week, we'll mix it about a bit, we'll have a look at the uh, the Youth and Junior Leagues. There's always loads of fixtures going on and results and that. I've got the, some scores for you from last weekend in the under-14s of the North West Youth League. Division 2, Folly Lane 6, Oldham St. Anne's Black 16. In Division 3, Rochdale Mayfield 26, Lee Minor Rangers Golds 18. Division 4, Bank Key Bulls 54, Langworthy Reds 14. And in Division 3 of the under-13, it was West Starting Lions 40, Blackpool Scorpions 4. The fixtures for this week, the under-18s Premier Division. These games are all going to be played on the 19th of March, which is Sunday. It's Lee Minor Rangers against Salford City Roosters. That's in the Premier League. Division 1, Crossfields face Saddleworth Rangers. In Division 1 also, it's Hindley against Rochdale Mayfield. Under-16s Division 1, Newton Storm are at home to Folly Lane. Salford City Roosters face Thato Heath Crusaders. In Division 2, Latchford Giants play West Horton Lions. In Division 2 also is Saddleworth Rangers away to Hindley. In Division 3 of the under-16s, it's Chef Eagles against Langley Reds. Need to put my glasses on again. Shooting Rugby League. Well, let's have a look at these. Wednesday, the 15th of March, these games were played. So by the time you listen to the podcast, these matches will probably be on. It was Manchester against Lancaster in Tier 2A of the Northern Division. Salford are at home to Manchester Met. In College Rugby League, in the Premier Division, Hotwood Hall were at home to Salford Red Devils. 
Well, this weekend sees the start of um, the Wheelchair Rugby League in the Super League on Saturday, the 18th of March. London Roosters face Hull, Warrington Wolves at home to Leeds Rhinos. In the Championship, Mersey Storm play Rochdale Hornets, Sheffield Eagles play Bradford Bulls. In the West Division, it's Torfane Tigers against Bedford Tigers. Battle of the Tigers there. The South, it's the Argonauts against the Medway Dragons. Woodlands Warriors play Gravesend Dynamite. I'm liking these names. On Sunday, the 19th of March, it's Wigan Warriors against Halifax Panthers. Uh, also in the Championship on Sunday, North Wales Crusaders face Wigan Warriors. Eight. That Wigan Halifax Panthers game is a Super League game, by the way. In the North Division, North Wales Crusaders A are at home to York City Knights. So we'll keep you abreast with those results when we get them next week. In the North West Men's League, some scores from the weekend just gone. Division 1, Charlie Panthers 34, Salford City Roosters 8, Wigan Springview 18, Folly Lane 28, Thatto Heath Crusaders A 22, West Horton Lions 6. In Division 2, Rochdale Mayfield A 0, Ashton Bears A 17. The fixtures for this week... Division 1, Caddyshead Rhinos are at home to Charlie Panthers. Folly Lane plays Dalton. These games are all Saturday. Salford City Roosters are at home to Thato Heath Crusaders A. And Wigan St. Cuthbert's play West Hart and Lions. In Division 2, Hindpool Tigers are at home to Rochdale Mayfield A. Division 3, Langworthy Reds are at home to Garswood Stags. Higginshaw face Waterhead Warriors A. Division 4, Bolton play Chester Gladiators. And the Alliance Division is Wigan St. Jude's A against Oldham St. Anze. Well, in Conference Rugby League, the National Conference League, there was no fixture for Mayfield at the weekend. Actually, Mayfield, they were playing the Challenge Cup. Division 3, there was just one result. It was Lee East 24, Oldham St. Anne's 20. The match between Saddleworth Rangers and Waterhead Warriors was postponed due to uh, an unfit pitch. The fixtures for this week, Thursday the 16th of March, Division 2, Wigan St. Jude's face Waterhead Warriors. On the Premier Division on Saturday the 18th, it's Rochdale Mayfield against Siddle. Division 2, Barrow Island face Saddleworth Rangers. And there's one match in Division 3 involving our local sides, Oldham St. Anne's at home to Mill. So moving across to Australia, we'll have a look at round three, sorry, round two of the, uh, the NRL it was. Penrith Panthers 16, South Sydney Rabbitohs 10, Parramatta Reels 20, uh, 26, Cronulla Sharks 30. Some cracking matches again. It was Brisbane Broncos 28, North Queensland Cowboys 16, Sydney Roosters 20, New Zealand Warriors 12. The Dolphins had another win. They've made it two from two. They beat Canberra Raiders by 20 points to 14. Melbourne Storm 12, Canterbury Bulldogs 26. For me, that's a result of the round. Canterbury, who couldn't really buy a win last season, going away to Melbourne, winning 26-12. Great win for the Bulldogs. West Tigers 12, Newcastle Knights 14, St. George Illawarra 32, Gold Coast Titans 18. So some, uh, some great games there. The Premiership, Manly Seagulls are top. They've won two from two, along with the Dolphins as well. Uh, and also Brisbane Broncos, they've won their opening two games as well. The fixture for this week, Thursday, the 16th of March, is Manly against Parramatta. On Friday, we've got Newcastle Knights against the Dolphins. Also on Friday, the television game at 9 o'clock is Sydney Roosters against South Sydney Rabbitohs. On Saturday, there's three matches. Gold Coast against Melbourne Storm. North Queensland against New Zealand Warriors. Brisbane against George Illawarra Dragons. On Sunday, it's Canterbury against West Tigers. And the televised game at 7.15 is Canberra Raiders against the Cronulla Sharks. Well, finally this week, we'll turn our attention to domestic rugby league, the Super League last weekend. Uh, Huddersfield Giants 36, Casford Tigers 6, Casford's miserable season continues. Hull FC 14, Salford Red Devils 60, Hull Kingston Rovers 10, Warrington Wolves 18, Leeds Rhinos 26, Wakefield Trinity 0, Lee Leppers 20, St. Helens 12, fantastic win for Lee. They were 12-0 down at half-time as well, great comeback there from the Lee Leppers. Wigan 10, Catalan Dragons 18, another surprise scoreline as well. There was one result in the Championship last Monday, 
Featherstone Rovers 26, Bradford Bulls 12. The Challenge Cup, Barrow Raiders 32, Swinton Lions 14, Batley Bulldogs 60, Wathrow Hornets 0, Bradford Bulls 62, York Acorn 6, Dewsbury Rams 38, Rochdale Hornets 18, Doncaster 24, Workington 20, Featherstone Rovers 18, Halifax Panthers 22, fantastic victory for the Panthers, Hunswick 14, Heath Lacougas 16, Lee Minor Rangers 10, Rochdale Mayfield 38, London Broncos 32, Whitehaven 10, Oral St James 12, Midland Hurricanes 19, Siddall's 12, Sheffield Eagles 34, Stanley 16, Newcastle Thunder 58, Thato Heath Crusaders 10, North Wales Crusaders 18, Westgate Common 12, Huntsler Amateur Rugby League Football Club 15, West Warriors 4, Widnes Vikings 80, and York City Knights beat West Bowling by 52 points to 12. The fixtures for this week, well, look at the tables first, actually. The, uh, the table for Super League, sorry. Uh, Warrington the top, four from four. Catalan the second, four from four. Then follows Wigan, Huddersfield, Salford and Hull Kicks and Rovers. The championship, Featherstone still lead. They've won five from five. Toulouse, Olympic and Sheffield are second and third, respectively, with four wins from their five games. In the Betfred League, one, Dewsbury Rams and Doncaster, both two from two. So the fixtures this week in domestic rugby league. Casford Tigers face Leeds Rhinos on Thursday night, the televised match. On Friday, it's Huddersfield against Wigan. The Sky Telly game is St. Anne's against Hull. Warrington are also at home to Lee Leopards. On Saturday, it's Catalan Dragons against Hulkingston Rovers. Newcastle Thunder face London Broncos at 3 o'clock. Witness against Toulouse is also at 3 o'clock in Betfred League 1. London Scholars are at home to Huntsler. On Sunday, Salford Red Devils at home to Wakefield with a 3 o'clock kickoff. In the Championship, all these games are 3 o'clock. Bradford Bulls against Sheffield Eagles. Halifax Panthers against Keithley. Swinton entertain Featherstone Rovers. And York City Knights are at home to Whitehaven in Betfred League 1. All 3 o'clock once again. Doncaster against North Wales Crusaders Midlands Hurricanes against Rochdale Hornets and Worthington Town at home to Dewsbury Rams and there's one game on the Via Play I think that's the, the television channel that now uh, Monday night Bretford Championship it's Batley Bulldogs against the Barrow Raiders that's all I've got for you this week take care yourselves and I'll see you on Sunday for Salford against Wakefield so that was Whitesides World of Rugby League and now we'll look forward to this weekend's action <laughs> So we'll start with the PDRL. They are at Robin Park in Wigan on Sunday for their first rugby league festival. They play Hull at 1.30 and they play Castleford at 2.30. Obviously, after you know a successful sort of debut season last season, I'm sure they'll be looking for more success to come. Yeah, and like you say, you know, we've already had a, a player selected for rep on us. So, uh, yeah, good. It's, it's just a shame the timing. Mm. Always seems to clash with with other stuff. But, uh, yeah, hopefully through the season we'll see more and more of them, you know, down at the, at the, at the stadium. I just just wish them all the best. It's, it's brilliant. And, again, I'll just say to anyone complaining about, you know, council money, just, just go and watch them. Go mm. and see what we're offering, what life choices we're giving and what we're offering something that nobody else is doing. So, uh, Brilliant. I've got all the best to them. Yeah. Tima Hughes is the new captain. Obviously, the club will announce a squad nearer the time. So let's talk about the Wakefield game on Sunday. Wakefield are in a bit of a rut. Parker, we're in good form. Old Salford, you, you'd be thinking, here we go, banana skin. But Paul Rowley, Rowley Ball, we're a different beast now. It's very hard to get out of. 
<laughs> immediately after the game on Saturday. Yeah. The amount of people who said it's Wakefield next week, you know what that means. Yeah. Right? Now that's that's us. That's that's in a Salford fan. That is I, I bet you there was these hundreds thinking the same thing. Mm. Going, Oh, you can see what's going to happen here. We've got But then like you've just said, this is different. This yeah. isn't the Salford of all. The, this team is is special. And I know Wakefield will be fighting for their lives. And they're not I'm much of their squad, and it's not that much different to what it was last year. He had lost Tom Johnson, obviously, to Catalan, and a couple of others. I think one went to Hull or what. But as Jacob Miller went in the end, and, and, but they're still a decent team with some decent players. A lot of mm. craft in there. You know, like Lino's a decent player, and he's a, he's a good lad. Um, but I've got to be full of confidence. After last week, the, the other thing is, I mean, yes, we lost at Warrington. We could have easily won that game with a bit of luck. And we, for that first half, we were miles better than Warrington, who are top of the league right now. We've been away to Hull and absolutely destroyed them. We've beaten Lee, who have since beaten Hull KR away and St. Helens. We must be doing something right. We must be a decent team. So it, it's going to be interesting. I don't think it'll be the walkover people expect. I really don't. I think that Wakefield have still got a lot of respect and a lot, you know, they, they and, and they, for some of them, the memory of last year will be in there. You know, we put 70 on them at our place last year. Um, and the only thing is, if we play the way we did at Hull and in the first 40 minutes against Warrington, I think we could be out of sight. Mm. I uh, think it's, it's a great opportunity for us to put a marker down now yeah. and say, this is where we're going for. We've got a tough game the week after at Wigan, a place where it's a graveyard for most teams. But we'd go down with a bit of confidence, a lot of points under our belt. Who knows? This, this is these are the games now where, like I've said there, oh god, you know what can happen? We say that's the old sort, that doesn't happen anymore, and we put these to to the sword on on Sunday before PR or Allah before PR. We'll call it. We'll have the timeline before PR, after PR, <laughs> maybe. It's what we're looking at. Yeah, very much so. It is, it is a different mentality of, of a team. You know that that I saw on Saturday was just. Just incredible. Some of the some of the skill involved, and if the ball sticks, we could beat anybody. And I mean that. I've got no fear of anybody in the league at all. So Wakefield struggling, low on confidence, probably low on bodies. Not scored a point in three games. I mean that is that is a crisis. But they will still be dangerous. Yeah, I sort of asked Paul Rowley in a roundabout way, and he was like, "No, we're focused. We know it's not." You know, we're only as good as the next game. We're gonna mm. we'll go on go into this way it feels are hurting, but you know, it's we're not we're not gonna take our off the ball, which is music to my ears. I was like, Yeah, that'll do for me, Paul. Carry on as you were. Like you said, you got some good players, Reese Lynn, Liam Hood, Kevin Proctor. So you, you know, you can't ignore that. And also obviously the way the, the league's set up now, Parker, and the way obviously that big win at Hull mm. gives us an opportunity for that springboard, and it if we manage to beat Wakefield and results go sort of other ways. We can possibly springboard up towards the top, and then you know we are competing, aren't we, at the right end of the table, which is what we want to be as a club, don't we? Want to be in that that race for the playoffs and the race to Old Trafford. We want to be in the mix, don't we? It's part of the journey. It's part of the development of everybody, the club, that you know, the players, everybody. It's about learning to walk in the in these shoes for me. Yeah, I think like you say there, if we're, if we're sort of fourth or what, third, fourth, fourth probably going into into the Wigan game next week, but but 
and looking and looking up, you know, it, it gives us it just gives you so much confidence. And that's with with key players missing. Mm. These lads have got to come back in. Like last year, when we got players back in towards the back in the season, we got a roll and we were unstoppable. And that could happen again. And at the moment, if we're already at a level with players missing, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. You think, you throw Ollie Partington back in there and Joe Burgess and then the two lads, you know, we've mentioned going out alone and there's still, still a, God knows how many players missing out of that squad. It's just incredible. And I think on Sunday is a chance for us to put a marker down for the rest of the season and show that last weekend wasn't just Hull being bad. Because that's what people will think if, if you know, no matter what happens. But, but if we can put a score on and we play the rugby that we, we can play, it could get messy. Mm. And I, I feel for Wakey, I must admit. I've got, you know, I've got no loyalty to Wakefield, but they, they remind me of us a lot in, in a lot of ways over the last God knows how many years. We've been on the end of their hidings. We've gone into games like this after being, not winning a game at the start of a year. You know, it, it, it's hard. It really is, but that's the game, and it puts you know. Cass have got a, a game tonight. I don't know how they're they're going to be going on, but and Wakefield, if they both lose this weekend, and we win, we you know we go up to sort of six. That gap is is huge already. How are they going to win them games that we've got to lose, and we've got to play them, them teams anyway? I, I just think it, you know we're already that far up to the top six at the end of the season. We've, we've take with well, a chance we can take two teams out of it, you know, early on. Yeah, and that make you know so, yeah, just just really excited. I can't wait to see the lads again because this rugby we're watching is something special, really is. When we throw that ball about, it's just so exciting. We we've got to earn the right to do that. You know, we don't just don't just throw it about because all okay, KR things happen, but. Uh, yeah, I really fancy us for Sunday and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Can't come soon enough. Yeah, my prediction for Sunday, Paul, is it's open to win 42 6, Brodie Croft hat trick. What about you? Uh, well, it's weird that because my prediction I put on my prediction thing this week, uh, Strange, it was not far off yours. I put 38 4. Mm. And it, it, could be, it could be more. It could be. If we do get on a roll, we could be very, very destructive. Mm. Um, but I think Wakefield are play, going to be playing for the lives. I don't know what the weather's going to be like, whether it's going to suit our handling, if it's going to be like it has today where it's rained virtually all day. So it's going to be exciting. And uh, just good to be going into games with, with such confidence, thinking we can win this, you know. And then we go to Wigan the week after and that. I mean, that that's... That's exciting to go to Wigan on it and even footing with them, maybe, or you know, whatever, and thinking we could turn these over, mm. you know. So, this is a big game for us, yeah. I, I want to say a massive thanks to everyone who, who's, who's listened to this to a podcast. As I said before, I might have not said it on record, but I refuse to cut quality. I do apologize, it's going to be nearly two hours long. But I just hope you've enjoyed it. So, yeah, so big thanks for tuning in, Parky. Another, another great show. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot on this week, hasn't there? It's been a it's been a busy week. I mean, the whole game obviously was 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 fantastic with all the news and everything else. It's 
yeah, it's been it's been brilliant, and uh, yeah, thanks. Like you say, thanks to everyone for for listening. If you if you are and you're on your way to work or you're doing something else, you know, remember that you, you can stop it and listen to us later on. Don't you don't have to fit us all in at once. No, um, you take your time. Yeah, and a massive thanks for everyone who, who donates through the Kofi. Uh, massive for everyone who's done that. And I can say, you know, big thanks. Tune into this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and online too. Good luck, Reds. See you soon.